Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs, and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. My guest coming up, I'm very excited about this, is Diane Huth. Now, Diane, she calls herself an accidental career coach, and she's worked for over 30 years with some of the largest companies uh, in the world, like Johnson & Johnson, Frito-Lay, Nestle, and CBS. And she's worked for the last decade for, with entrepreneurial and startup firms, which she says is some of the hardest uh, work to do compared to the big guys. She's been a chief marketing officer for uh, a young company, and she is going to be weighing in on this conversation of what success looks like and how to redefine success. Diane, welcome to the pod. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much, Matt. This is tons of fun. I, I cannot. We've already had a blast before we hit record, but here we go. So the first question I want to ask you, though, is, and you picked, I, I give everyone the, the chance to pick whatever topic, and you picked redefining success. What does success or redefining success mean to you? Why'd you pick it? Um, success is a journey, and it's not really a destination. It's what you enjoy doing while you're getting to wherever you're going. And one of my topics, Matt, is um, reinventing your career and beating age discrimination and finding meaningful work as long as you want to work. And as you grow older, that means success is a moving target. Um, it changes with time. In my case, it's no longer being you know, a corporate executive. Um, and it's moving from mere success to significance. And you've probably seen that quite a lot in, in your coaching work and everything with the company. What, what was your first entrepreneurial venture? How old were you? Is this just in the last 10 years or were you one of those lemonade stand at five years old kids? Yeah, my, my parents were serial entrepreneurs. And so they nurtured me into entrepreneurism. I guess my first job job was I had a majorette school when I was uh, 12 or 13. I was a majorette in middle school and high school. And I got off school early, two days a week, and I went to the other schools around town and, and taught a whole bunch of 12 and 13-year-old girls how to troll batons. And I made a lot of money. I charged a buck a kid, and I would have 25 kids in the class. So I was making, you know, 40 years ago, I was making 25 bucks an hour, which is pretty cool for being a teenager. Wow, that's not too bad even for right now. I was going to ask you to define being a majorette for, uh, for the rest of the audience, but you just did. Twirling batons. My sister was in the drill team in high school and absolutely loved it. She fell in love with that. Uh, now, I guess it's like flag team and other things like that. Pretty cool. So you were, you were teaching as an entrepreneur for your first gig, huh? Never even thought of that. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. Yes. You are very welcome. So what, what brought you to starting your current work now? Uh, I'm assuming there's a, a big connection to the, the large corporation and doing the, the HR work and some of that. But tell me the story of how you got into corporate work and then and or how you got into uh, what you're doing now. Well, I've, I've worked in marketing forever. Um, I've, I've got a, I got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in Spanish and discovered that all I could do was teach high school Spanish. and I didn't want to do that. So I went back and got um, an MBA and my very first marketing class, I fell in love. And that's been my passion for the past 40 years. It's like, oh my God, I love marketing. And so I quit my job when I went to grad school, got an MBA. And then I worked in corporate marketing for big companies. Um, about three years ago, um, as I'm getting older and changing, and I've been doing a lot of entrepreneurial things, I started teaching at 
two different universities here in Texas. And it was, you know, night school adjunct professor stuff. But I was teaching graduating seniors in the business school, um, marketing management as part of their capstone. And I discovered none of them knew how to get a job. None of them had resumes or LinkedIn pages. And it was like, oh my goodness. So I went home and I wrote a presentation that grew up to be a seminar, that grew up to be a webinar, that grew up to be a book, and now is my life's uh, mission in how to use the person, the branding skills that I teach you as a marketer, how to market the most important thing, which is yourself. So that's, that's kind of how I got here. I'm not an HR professional. I'm a marketing and branding person. Marketing. But you are a brand. So and you're teaching. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but you're, so you're teaching at, at, uh, at the university level, getting people ready to go into marketing jobs, but you realize they don't even have a chance to market themselves and they don't know how to get the job. So you begin moving your energy and your thoughts into the personal brand and personal marketing. And that brought you into like entrepreneurship as well. So like for startups and companies like that? Well, I've been doing that for the last 15, 20 years. I, I moved from corporate America to startups about 20, 15 years ago, and I've been doing that. I just now am living in San Antonio, Texas, and I have, it's a slower pace, and I have less corporate jobs here, so I'm doing more startups, but it also frees me up to spend my time nurturing other people. That's fast. Have you, have you always found yourself being one of those people that you're always about the people versus the systems, or are you very much into like systems and bringing that to people? No, I'm a, I'm a people person. I believe in leadership as opposed to management and, and setting examples and coaching people to success and building a team. That's always kind of where I've been. If you're to look at negotiation styles, I'm not a negotiator. I'm a mediator. So I help to nurture people to success, to mutual success. And I believe and this is the topic of success, how convenient, um, that to be successful, you have to have a win-win-win. Everybody needs to win in any relationship or transaction. If there is anybody who walks away from an encounter and feels like they got less than they deserve, then that encounter or transaction, whatever it is, has been successful because that, that unhappy partner will be the weak link in whatever you're trying to do and will cause failure. So if you always are looking for everybody's mutual win, you're going to be more successful in everything you do. I love that. That's already one of those first secrets there to, uh, to reinventing success. Oh, now we probably, I don't know if this is a live call-in show, but we'll see. <laughs> see, see, see if, uh, if grandma calling us wants to, wants to chat about it. How would you... So if, if we talk about redefining success, so the first thing you said is redefining success really is making sure it's a win-win-win and nobody's losing in the scenario. Um, what's another area when you look at redefining success? I know with your baby boomer work, how do you help clients in that, in that corporate or that baby boomer space when it comes to success? I know that a lot of companies are going to think success means hiring someone young, hiring the right person, hiring for innovation, whatever they might believe. What's your take on that? Weigh in on, on what corporations should be doing today. I believe that as an older generation, I'm, I'm a baby boomer, well into my baby boomer years. I believe that we bring certain traits to the party that other people, that younger people don't have. Younger people bring different characteristics and traits. So I believe in creating a co-mentoring arrangement at work. It's not an us versus them. It's an us plus them. Together we become stronger. So as a mature professional, I bring 
corporate and industry experience. I have the history of 20 or 30 or 40 years. I know what happened and what was tried and how things got to where they are today. So I can help predict so that we don't do it, the same mistakes in the future. We're going to make different mistakes as long as they're not the same mistakes. Um, work ethic, community, mentoring ability, teaching, and wisdom and judgment. I just read a book um, by Chip Connolly, Wisdom at Work, and talked about we are not just, we are wisdom workers. What we can bring is coaching and mentoring and nurturing to help raw talent gain those skills. And the young talent can give us what we are most lacking, which is technology, um, digital quotient or di digital IQ, helping um, us bring in technology skills and we bring in communication skills, mentoring skills, um, perhaps net networking. Um, we are reliable. We're proven entities so that we can um, help younger people gain success through our mentoring and coaching. That's what success is today. So there, there, hang on, hang on, Diane. There, there was a lot in there and I want to just unpack it for a second. So I heard two big things. One was realizing that the baby boomer and the older generation has so many resources they bring to the table. And that's a lot of, of what you're doing now. Uh, who, who are your ideal clients? Are, are, do you, is it baby boomers that are wanting careers or is it the companies and you're teaching them how to hire with more diversity and for better resource allocation? Right now, my, my position has been coaching baby boomers into how they can be successful. Um, but I think there's a whole message. I'm creating a platform and I'm creating um, kind of a mission. Um, and that is to defeat age discrimination. And to me, there are three pillars to that. One is the employee has to take responsibility for your own education, your own updating of skills, technology, lifelong learning, being fit and able to work and being responsible for your own career development. You can't be the victim. You have to say, I'm responsible for what happens to me. That's um, right. Companies you, you need to- You can't just come into a company and, and start saying, well, it's these young people and it's this, and I don't understand that. And, and I never had a chance and things have changed so much, but no, like, and I love that taking in, empowering yourself at any age to step in and say, well, hang on, if I want to be a resource here, what am I lacking? What do I need to get? So taking responsibility, number one, and then, and again, th these are these are your clients who are getting better work at great companies because they're reframing really how they see themselves. Even that's what I'm hearing from you. Right. One of the things that that got me on this journey is I was coaching younger people and mentoring younger people, and um, then I discovered so many of my friends and peers that I'd worked with over the years were kind of quietly saying, can you help me? I've been out of work for two years. I'm living in my car. They repossessed my home. I haven't been able to get an interview in two years. I don't know what to do. People are at the end of their ropes. And I realized that there's this disconnect. And those people had lacked confidence. They, they're, my generation is brought up so that who we are at work is our professional identity. And if you don't have work, you don't have a job, you are not valued, you lose yourself. And so helping to realize wait a minute, I can coach people to be more successful. I can help them understand the changes that have happened in the market. And I can give them the confidence and the, the words and the scripts and the perspective that they can express their value and that they can reclaim meaningful work. I, I love that word, Diane, reclaim meaningful work. And I think there's certainly a lot of people, as I was sharing with you earlier, 
uh, about two thirds of the listening audience is between 45 and 65. So if you're out there and you're listening to Diane right now, um, lean in big because it is possible to reclaim meaningful work, especially if you feel like you've come to a disenfranchised uh, part of your life. Um, it's never that way. And even at 38, that, that's how old I am, you know, now, um, I feel like that a lot too. And, you know, I'm trying to learn about, you know, different social media and I, I got Facebook down, but then they're saying, you got to Snapchat more and I don't understand filters. And my goodness, it's only going to go faster, but you bring something different to the table. So could you give me just kind of a, again, just a snapshot, just take maybe 30 seconds and give me, what were some of those resources you mentioned earlier about, what the older generation brings to the table. You said there's communication, there's wisdom, like in tribal days, you know, the, the elders have a wisdom because they've been there before. They've seen the tiger and they've evaded it. Um, what else, what are the resources that employers should be looking at that another generation can bring to the table? I have a list of 10. So my top oh. 10 is <laughs> company and industry experience, that legacy, um, strong work ethic. We, we grew up working hard, reliability and stability. We are proven entities. Companies know us. We've been there, you know, helping to run the business for years. They know us. I think communication skills today is very important. Many young people don't feel comfortable speaking in public, uh, speaking in person. They're more comfortable texting and emailing. And we can even, and we can even text a, a full sentence. We have to, you know, put uh, <laughs> abbreviations even for the words on a text. So, so better communication. Uh-huh. Wisdom and judgment. Gut feeling. I think it takes a while to get gut feeling in your industry. Um, that's really important. And, and, and that's an intangible. That's a soft skill. How do you get wisdom and judgment? Well, through, through experience and mistakes, <laughs> right? That, that um, sounds about right. The ability to mentor. Um, I think one of our, our um, things that we as older people have is the value of money in a corporate environment. Um, you know, we know, understand budgets and, and cost controls. And today when kids graduate from college, they spend $150,000 in tuition, $50,000 on a wedding, $5,000 on a wedding dress, $40,000 on a car. They may not understand the, the detail of, of costs and budgets and expense reports and things like that, where I think my generation has a better understanding of the value of money, how hard it is and how you have to manage it. Well, and I would 100% agree with that too. There's something, I remember when I was 18 working for my first boss in the real estate industry. And I, I understood a lot of the business because I was, by the time I was 21, I was running a lot of the work for him. And I understood all of it except for one missing piece. I didn't have the experience of running my own business. So at the end of the day, there was no possibility for me to really get it. Like if you haven't been through the ups and been through the downs of an economy, you can't really truly understand except for what, you know, maybe the teacher in high school told you about. Um, but living through, you know, recessions and living through surges is something that you can only get from experience. You know, I got an MBA when I was 28 or something and I took corporate finance and I could look at P&Ls and balance sheets, but it was probably 20 years later before I knew how to make my own um, P&L, a pro forma P&L, and I could adjust to say, okay, I understand how to put more money in the bottom line. It was theoretical instead of practical. Right. That makes you know, sense. Every, every plan falls down when you put your first foot on the ground somewhere. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. Diane, this is, uh, it, it's gone very fast, but as we're coming to the twilight of our time, um, I want to ask you just a couple of questions. So this is fascinating stuff. Again, if you 
especially if you were in a baby boomer type uh, era or time frame, please understand you are so much more valuable than you would ever give yourself credit for. Even if you think you're amazingly valuable, Diane Huth says you're even more valuable than that. Um, do you have a resource that, they, that you could help uh, share with, uh, with these guys today? I do. I'd like to give everybody a free gift. It's a PDF that can be downloaded from reinventmycareerplease.com. And it is a PDF that explains these 10 reasons that companies ought to be valuing and hiring baby boomers instead of millennials. And it's reinventmycareerplease.com. You download it and it walks you through ways that we mature professionals add value and how to explain that to an employer. Wow. So if you're in that age range, that, that's an absolute must um, to change around, especially the limiting beliefs that we might have around, you know, what's possible, who we are, what we've been through, and realize that your experience can be a huge asset for you or your lack of new knowledge, uh, technology, whatnot, could actually be a huge asset because you know how things are supposed to work. And, and Diane, of course, is going to be sharing with you how you can, uh, how you can show up as an integral part of a team with young and old and really having that diverse, not age range, but I love Diane, the diverse uh, uh, background, the diverse resources, the diverse resourcefulness of, of people. So phenomenal stuff. And, and what a great topic. I think it's really timely as well right now because at, at 60, at 70, even 80 years old, people are finding that, you know, we don't want to retire. We don't want to be put out to pasture. You know, we want to, and I, I say we, you know, I know I'm 30 years prior, but, but the people that I know and near and dear friends, my parents, no, nobody wants to be put out to pasture. They don't want to retire. They want to reinvent and say, what's in the next chapter? So Diane Huth, you can find her at dianehuth.com for more information about that. You can find, uh, get her free PDF, 10 Reasons Companies Should Hire Baby Boomers Instead of Millennials at Reinvent My Career please.com. Diane, I got a final question for you. and I'm going to let you go. If you could look back in your career, your life and change anything, what would you change? Or would you leave it all the same? I would be more careful with money. I always was making a lot of money. So I spent a lot of money. I saved money, but I, I lent money and gave money to people that I trusted and I have not been as good of a, a um, shepherd of my own money. Um, and it's a fault of generosity. I care and I, I emote for people. I wish I had cared for the money that I earned better. That makes sense. It certainly does. Wow. So there you have it. I would change my care for money, if anything. Um, I love it. Diane, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you so much, Matt. I've loved every minute of it. Thanks again to Diane Huth, uh, career branding expert. Uh, what, what, what a phenomenal woman. Brand you to land your dream job, reinvent your career. Isn't it awesome? I, I love the you know, the approach of you don't have to be an entrepreneur, you don't have to be a business owner, uh, an entertainer, whatever, you know, to think about branding yourself, no matter where you are, no matter what your circumstances, whatever your employment circumstances, you can always look at branding yourself and and making you know, making your name known, and you know, being known as something or someone. And whether it's climbing a corporate ladder or going from one job to another one, uh, that's what it's all about. It's absolutely huge. 
So take her advice and certainly, of course, grab the books on Amazon. Um, follow Diane Huth on social media. And then, of course, subscribe, rate, and review the show if you haven't done that lately at The Driven Entrepreneur. And follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I told you a week ago or so, we're going to be starting to do, we have this in the works. We're going to be bringing some past guests. So I'm looking at some of my favorite, favorite guests of all time. We're trying to get back. And rather than having them just show up on the podcast for a second episode, because we've kind of, you know, we've already talked and heard their story. What I want to do is have some of these past guests come back and answer your questions. So you can go on social media at Matt Browning on Facebook and Instagram, especially. And I'm going to be putting up posts saying, hey, we're going to have so-and-so back on. You know, we're uh, in the works. Hopefully, we're going to have Hort Schulze back on, the founder of the Ritz-Carlton. We might have Ewan Poon back on I'm, and talking with him. Anthony Trucks, American Ninja Warrior, NFL superstar. Um, I'd love to have, you know, a guy like Anthony to come on. And we're going to, you know, go through and have an, an Instagram Live and a Facebook Live together where we answer your questions together, uh, both of us do. So um, more and more fun stuff is coming up and coming out. I'm not promising which guests at this moment, but as soon as I have them locked down for the right dates and, and the people, you will be the first to know. So excited. All right. Continue hanging out, having a great life, getting out there and doing you, do your thing. Get out there, crush it, and I'll see you real soon.